This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are talking about the 1998 rom-com The Wedding Singer with our guest Jasmine. Hello, Jasmine. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. And if you're wondering who Jasmine is, Go check out our trailer episode that we kind of got into her love of rom-coms and then come back. We'll wait for you. But before (laughs) we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. If you love the podcast and want to support us, here are a few ways you can. Did you know writing a review and or rating us helps us get more listeners? If you want to be featured and help us grow, head to Apple, Spotify, Podchasers, Good Pods, or your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Um, we actually just added our podcast to iHeartRadio, so if that's where you listen to your podcast, we are now available. Yay! Yay. I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ever thought to yourself, hmm, how could I support these girls because they kind of make me laugh sometimes, Head on over to ko-fi.com slash no more late fees and you can buy us a virtual cup of coffee, which is really just like a tip or whatever. Yeah, because I need more motivation to make you laugh harder because apparently a little is not a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you would like to wear your no more late fees support on your chest, literally buy a t-shirt, head to our Redbubble store at no more late fees.com redbubble.com. Hi, No More Late Fees listeners. It's Mark J. Parker from the Release Date Rewind podcast. Hi, Jackie and Danielle. Thanks so much for inviting me to have a little moment on your show. Love your show. Love the Instagram page. You guys are great. And Release Date Rewind is definitely part of the kind of extended No More Late Fees family because we are movie nerds. We are movie lovers. Release Date Rewind is a podcast that celebrates movie anniversaries. So if it's either a big blockbuster or a cult classic that is celebrating a milestone anniversary, chances are I am talking about it on my show, or at least it's on my short list of options. So each month I like to bring on some friends and we nerd out. We talk about the trivia. We talk about the, the all the little details, the scenes and the characters that we love. And uh, it's a really fun time. Check us out on all the major podcast platforms. And I'm also on Instagram at Release Date Rewind. Thanks, guys. Let's get into this movie, Jackie. Ready? Uh, as i'll ever be oh it wasn't that (laughs) bad you laughed a lot i did i don't know (laughs) i really don't know why but i did i was in a laughing mood you you guys watch it together yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and typically i love adam sandler movies but not a favorite anywho Uh, So set in 1985, Adam Sandler plays a nice guy with a broken heart who's stuck in one of the most romantic jobs in the world, a wedding singer. 
He loses all hope when he is abandoned at the altar by his fiance. He meets a young woman named Julia, played by Drew Barry- played by Drew Barrymore, who enlists his help in planning her own wedding. He falls in love with her and must win her over before she gets married. It stars Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, and Christine Taylor. It was directed by Frank Karashi, written by Tim Hurley. Your your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) (laughs) And you can currently watch it on HBO Max and Hulu. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. All right. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. So our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Okay, but nothing's right home about. And same-day rental. Trash, just like Glenn. It's straight-up trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jasmine, we're going to start with you. What did your Y2K, your Y2K rating or the rating you, of when you first saw the movie? Mm, okay, so I know my dad owned this movie it wasn't my decision to buy it so (laughs) can I exclude that yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) um probably would have been five day rental would watch again um (laughs) Jackie I'm scared so we (laughs) we all know I love Adam Sandler right for some reason this movie does not resonate with me I think one it's set in the 80s yep and all the musics from the 80s, like it just does not, does not hit my soul in the same way his other movies do. Mm. Um, so it's a two day rental for me. Horsh. <laughs> um, okay. So I, re- I remember like, I went to the movies to go see it. I liked the movie. So, but I'm wondering if I was hypnotized also. Because I very much listened to the soundtrack like mm-hmm. my entirety of high school. It was on rotation. I loved the soundtrack to this movie. But it's also because like I had this obsession with the 80s. Um, so I was watching when we were rewatching and I was like, hmm, do I love this movie or do they place so many of my favorite 80s songs in between scenes that that is what is bringing me joy and like all this dopamine while I'm watching it and I would have to say that's probably what it is also I just think Adam Sandler is just really sweet in this movie Mm -hmm. without playing into like this the dumb comedy like all the other ones prior to this movie so it does feel like really nice in comparison than like he's he's actually trying I feel like in this movie (laughs) I do agree with that like we do get a softer side of Adam Sandler in this movie yeah. So have you guys I, watched Punch Punch Drunk Love with that? I do love him in that one. I know it's not everyone's like flavor. I do like Spanglish. I do like when he tries. I do when <laughs> it's not 
just like slapstick humor that, you know, he's a grown man. Let's let this go. Um, so I'm giving it a five day rental. Oh, so there we go. Let's get into the box office. So this movie had a budget of $18 million um, and it made $123.3 million. It's very interesting because if you notice in that, t- there's like a time frame that he almost had a movie. He pretty much had a movie every single year mm-hmm. with the exception of 1997. And that is because this movie was slated for 1997 originally, but they decided to move it back because they thought it would be a really good movie for Valentine's Day. So if you notice, this movie came out in nine ninety eight nine in bleh, February and then Water Bay. Why can't I say things? If you notice, this movie came out in 98 in February, and then you could see that Waterboy came out the same year, and that is why. Um, It opened in second behind Titanic. Now, if you remember, Titanic came out in December-ish time in 97, Mm -hmm. and it was just in the theaters for a very long time like think about it it's months after it was released and it still was beating 18.8 million dollars like why were so many freaking people going to see this damn movie over and over again i will never understand 25 years later it's back (laughs) killing me um (laughs) this is the first adam sandler movie to um to gross over 100 million dollars and it is the highest rated Sandler comedy on Rotten Tomatoes, which well, very interesting. I agree to disagree. <laughs> I mean, the, the people—it's the people, Jackie. It's not critics. It's literally the people have spoken. Um, also, this is one of his first movies where the female lead actually has her own perspective. And this was a huge deal because if you look back and some of our critiques of his movies are the fact that women are like kind of like objects. So they did really try to make sure that didn't happen. So I think that's one of the reasons why I probably did well. But I'll tell you what Lil Raj said, Jackie. Tell me. (laughs) Well, Leonard Claddy from The Variety said um from variety he said director frank karachi and scripter tim harley work in concert to maintain a quality of farce rooted in human comedy i don't know but roger ebert gave the film a negative review and wrote the screenplay reads like a collaboration between jekyll and hyde harsh little little rog wow jackie's fine with that (laughs) That's interesting. Like, I don't get that. I just don't. It doesn't resonate with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And really, this movie came about because Adam Stanley had an idea for a comedy about a wedding singer who gets left at the altar. Um, But also, I think they pulled from the director's experience. Some, I guess he had some really bad heartbreak previously. And that's a combination of that and I think something they heard on the radio kind of just put all this together but we'll get into that and that is um how the wedding singer was received by the public so interesting yeah okay well let's hop on into it we see 
the opening credits are um, Robbie, played by Adam Sandler, doing what he does best, performing at weddings. So do you guys feel like Adam Sandler is singing? Is that him singing? It just sounds like he sounds really good. And I didn't know him to have. I mean, he sings, right? Like, yeah, this is Hanukkah song or. And he he was a singer in my book. Like he, um, I think his like family always made him sing at like weddings and bar mitzvahs. So could be real. Yeah, okay. I was surprised. I had all of his albums. I yeah yeah, but I could sing the songs. <laughs> but those felt like jokey jokes. Like I felt you know it's him. But they ta- were still melodic. Like his his albums had a lot of like comedy bits in them but then there were also songs that he sang I know but for me his songs are talk songs like talk singing like he's talking but in a melody it's not like you know I would never think to say like Adam Sandler is a a singer do you get what I'm saying to go I I think you just haven't heard enough like (laughs) his red hooded sweatshirt song he sings that whole song there's no talking I, I know he's not talking but it's not <laughs> a singer's voice it's literally like he's added a little bit of melody to it and he's it's just not he's not a singer that's I'm just I'm surprised <laughs> that he sounded like he could carry a note because when he sings his joke songs they're joke songs you know I don't know it's just if you guys <laughs> get it then tell me Go ahead, Jasmine. Sorry. I was like, it sounds like you need to bring him on and, you know, just settle it. Make him sing on the spot. Yes. I'm going to say, you need to prove yourself. This is my American (laughs) Idol, bitch. We have to reach out to our one degree. (laughs) We went to, well, I I went to middle school with Adam Sandler's um, brother-in-law. Oh, so, why do you yeah. why do you say middle school we both went to high school with him he just didn't finish with us apparently that's true sorry I was, <laughs> well I was like actually friends with him in middle school that's why I equate that to that gotcha well we we're all friends all day with... at Disney <laughs> <laughs> we're all friends with him on 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 Facebook it's true Anyway, that's our flex <laughs> that's, uh, also we we have an awesome friend who goes to I I think growing up they went to Adam Sandler's was it maybe sister or dad or somebody's their dentist I think it's I think it's a sister so anywho shout out to Kai Bobby (laughs) that's that's our other connect to Adam Sandler (laughs) hey Kai Bobby okay so i got nothing no connection jasmine you gotta gotta up your game you know um so it's just like a montage everyone's having a great time there's a naked baby butt for no reason um and then there are this movie does have a lot of problematic elements to it one being the overweight people constantly having to be stuffing their face. Like in this scene, there's a, a heavier lady and she's literally like reaching into the cake and pulling out hand- handfuls and just shoving them into her face. Like, 
Come on. <laughs> no one does that. Who's going to no. who's going to do that? Maybe I a mean, child, but not yeah. a grown person. Jasmine, when was the last time you went to a wedding and you saw someone <laughs> with their hands grabbing the cake? Like, come on. I say I have. <laughs> <laughs> As the answer should be. <laughs> um, And then we see Steve Buscemi's character just plays a little bit part. He is the um, the best man. I always want to say like groomsmen of honor, but I know that's so. <laughs> <laughs> so he plays the best man. He, um, you can tell he's kind of the black sheep. He makes this speech and starts talking about prostitutes in Puerto Rico. And so he's cut <sighs> off, but then Robbie grabs the mic, makes a really great speech about love because he himself is so in love with his uh, fiance, Linda. Is that her name? Yes, it is Linda. Okay. Linda is a um, bitch. Yes. <laughs> and, and then we see Holly's cousin. We don't know who Holly is yet, but Holly's cousin just started waitressing at this venue. And that is Julia played by Drew Barrymore. Um, and like she has some gratuitous, like someone grabs her butt and they're cat calling her while she's just trying to serve these people at the wedding. Okay. Um and then when she goes into the kitchen, we meet her cousin, Holly, who they had been talking about, played by Christine Taylor. And the cook is, like, super nice to Holly, but, like, giving Julia her time. And Holly is like, oh, I showed him my boobs at the Christmas party. It's been great to work, come to work ever since. And and Julia's just like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like... So there are some, there are a lot of aspects of this movie for as much as Julia is a well-developed character, there are very much uh, misogynistic, gratuitous, um, like acts upon women and comments made to women. Yes. Yeah. And it's good. It's very important to note that obviously we said that, um, what did we say about this movie? <laughs> we couldn't say what his name. I couldn't remember what his name is. Hold on. Um, sorry. It's important to say that obviously Tim Hurley wrote the the uh, movie script, but there was some doctoring of it, and Adam Sandler and Judd Apatow. And I don't know if I ever am ever saying that man's name right. I actually don't care because I don't like him. Um, but unless he wants to be on the show. Then I love him. Um, <laughs> they both did uncredited um, rewrites. And then who else did rewrites? Carrie Fisher. Our girl, Carrie Fisher. Ghostwriter extraordinaire. Um, like I was saying earlier, they wanted uh, more from the female perspective. It's actually some of the complaints that Adam Sandler has gotten on his previous films. So they asked Carrie Fisher to come in and make sure that Julia was like a fleshed out character. Look what happens when you use your resources. <laughs> That's what happened when you use women. Right? <laughs> now, all we got to do now, Adam, is get some people of color. That will be good. Other Not, than Chris Rock. I was about to say that Chris Rock. <laughs> Um, so 
sorry i'm oh so julia is i i'm assuming on her break she's sitting outside um behind the kitchen um just sitting on the steps and robbie comes out with this kid who has gotten drunk and so he's letting him puke away from his relatives so his relatives don't see um, and he strikes up a conversation with Julia and they just have easygoing banter between the two of them. And um, he notices that she has an engagement ring. So he kind of asks about it. And she says that like um, she's been engaged for two years and her fiance is reluctant to set a date. So she doesn't, at this point, know she's ever going to get married. We then find out that Robbie is set to get married the next day in the next week or something. Um, so we get a little bit of backstory about the two of them. And then um, while Robbie is on his break, he has his friend George perform. George only has one song in his <laughs> repertoire. And that's Do You Want to Hurt Me <laughs> by Boy George. Um, George is played by Alexis Arquette. Um, and... I yes. I uh, and I do want to say like it was very refreshing in this movie to get representation in 1998. I very much appreciated that character even though now like it is very much a character characterization of um of a and I don't I I don't want to misgender them so um yeah, at the time, um, she hadn't come out yeah. as trans, but even her in the wedding dress scene, she, you know, they were all like sweet, like it wasn't a joke. Yes. I was mm -hmm. half expecting them to like make fun of her, but they didn't. Um, very nurturing and caring in comparison to some of the other things we've seen in Adam Sandler movies. So it was very nice. Um and Boy George actually was very happy about um, being able to have, you know, this homage to him. Mm -hmm. So that was cute. I love that. Um, so, sorry, I'm catching up on the notes. Um, <laughs> so then we see Robbie the next day. He's giving lessons to Rosie, who is who is this elderly lady. Um, she can't afford to pay him. So she pays him in meatballs and he, she's taking singing lessons from him for her 50th wedding anniversary that is upcoming. So she can serenade her husband. I really, I really want to know if those meatballs were any good. <laughs> <laughs> I really want Rosie's meatball recipe. <laughs> she, she should make a cookbook. First of all, that actress you know, she lived to be like 101 or something like that. And um, good for her. She was, wasn't she in The Sweetest Thing? In the, it's a different, it's, is I, it a different lady? I think it's a different, so I get her and this other lady mixed up, not Betty White, because some people will call out Betty White and I'm like, that's not Betty White. No, they don't I'm even not. look the same. Although I'm looking it up. Um, but the funny thing is Betty White was considered for that role. Um, but she really yeah, but she wasn't. I that love that her. like her little tiny voice and she's so petite and just 
full of life she, and energy. Yeah, she reminded me so much of my grandma. So I feel like I just had like a stronger affinity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was adorable. Um, yes. But in that scene, like with the meatballs, <laughs> she said she ran, she ran, she ran out of Tupperware, and so she puts. She's like, wait, 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 don't go. So when she comes out with the pot, I thought she was going to give him the pot. I, I thought, thought that I was weird. Too. But it's, hold out your hands. <laughs> right. <laughs> she puts it in his hands and then she tells him to take a bite and squeezes it. It's, I know it's a dick joke somewhere in there with the balls, but it was still like, I'm confused, but I, I don't know. It was funny, kind of, but weird. <laughs> I feel like someone needs to do that prank, though, on their friends, like, yes. after dinner. Like, oh, take with the leftovers. <laughs> yes, that's what I should do the next time I have a party at my house. And be like, I'm out of Tupperware. Open your hands. And Please someone... do that to your sister. Please do that to Serena. <laughs> and see what she does. I think my sister would literally try to fight me if I tried to do <laughs> that to her. She, or she older it's... or younger? She's younger. Younger. So, or definitely. do it to Anthony, but make sure Serena's in the room because uh-huh. Anthony is too polite to say anything. <laughs> you have to cut this part out. Anthony actually <laughs> listens to the podcast. My I sister know. doesn't. <laughs> Anthony is oh, my sister's do. boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> my sister um, younger and smaller than me, but she's quite frightening when she's bad. she is she is <laughs> I just know from personal experience like if my older sister did something like that like it wouldn't just be a, a breeze thing <laughs> <laughs> so uh-huh. then the next scene we see is Julia in the car with her mom who I wrote down Ross and Rachel's mom yes <laughs> played by Christina Pickles um and she's just like when are you gonna get married like do you need to fake a pregnancy so he locks down a date like we can make this happen and i love how ride or die she is yeah and julia's just like i'm i'm not doing that mom like no but when you said her real name while we were watching the movie i immediately thought you said angelica pickles and i'm like (laughs) what it's honestly a killer name it is it is <laughs> I hit something and I made everything okay there we go sorry <laughs> um so now we see Robbie's wedding he is waiting at the altar everyone's so excited and then who's the lady that walks up I miss that is that his, his mom sister sister so Robbie we find out Robbie's parents passed away I think it's a car accident. Um, so it's just him and his sister, and he lives in his sister's basement with her, her husband and his and their two kids. The the hair on the husband. Oh. I do, I I I'm I, the whole it was so distracting because I kept thinking to myself, is it real or is it a rug? Is it real? <laughs> is it a rug? No, it looked like it wasn't what was that spray on hair that they used to have <laughs> it was that too made tex- it real dark it was well i think it made it real dark but it was too texturized to be spray on like right. yeah i don't know what that was or maybe he was just doing just for men and that's why it was like <laughs> way too dark 
The darkness was, it was just like, what's happening? It just grew weird also. No, but I think, I think that's why is because it was so dark. It wasn't like a natural color. And because like, I felt like he sprayed it on. So he had, he had like weird hairlines because he was spraying it on every morning. Like that's what, where <laughs> that's I went with that. <laughs> that's how I had to justify <laughs> that hair. And he's like, just for men. <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to sleep tonight without knowing. Yeah, (laughs) like, what is that hair? So we need to make a list of questions for when we have Adam Sandler on and be like, what is that hair? (laughs) (laughs) Like, first question, and he's like, waiting for all the general questions he always gets and we're like in the wedding singer what was your brother-in-law's hair how did you apply that right like we need details what's the stitch (laughs) the people want to know the people want to know i hope you put like when you edit this you make sure you put a picture of this man and his hair so everyone understands what we're talking about it's not stellar (laughs) and i thought steve buscemi's hair was bad in this movie his hair was luscious and uh and the other guy the the best friend it wasn't the best friend it was the other guy that uh 10 second tom um that shows up and he has like surfer like (laughs) scraggly blonde bleach blonde (laughs) hair that's long there's a lot of hair was a lot of interesting hair in this movie the the flock of seagulls guy at the airport yeah i was just gonna say (laughs) (laughs) but julia's little bob adorable i love that cut on drew barrymore and we have to talk about that i love her yeah this is her like it's crazy because she's so young at this point but this is the beginning of her renaissance if you remember like in the early 90s obviously she was doing movies but like she shifted into a rom-com leading lady starting with this movie and then it was just like hit after she was she was giving us some bangers I actually know I don't think it started here it actually started most likely with never been kissed which I think it came out in 97 either that or ever after um so I know I think it was never been kissed ever after and then this movie and it just was like she was on fire and she had our production she started our production company um flower films and produced most of these movies and then she did charlie's angels so like she was on as the bostonians would say a wicked high at this point (laughs) speaking of boston fever pitch is one of my favorite drew barrymore movies jasmine meet jackie (laughs) (laughs) your new best friends we um for our birthday episodes we always get to choose what movie we want to do and like that was I was like we're doing fever pitch it was the first episode we cried on because my dad was a huge Red Sox fan (laughs) and so it's like that is one of my my movies that I watch all the time and I cry every time they win and everyone runs onto the field oh it's just perfect yeah (laughs) go ahead sorry (laughs) I was just gonna say my favorite thing is my dad had the the warm up ja- jacket, so now I yes. have it, and I'm like, I am Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yes. If you haven't listened to our Fever Pitch episode, highly recommend after this episode. It's a fun one, but we also cry. Spoiler alert: We do. 
but also Drew Barrymore and the Red Sox. Yeah. And Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Um, Shout out to Shayla. Sorry, I know you're listening to this episode and you don't like Drew Barrymore. You can push through it. Thank you. (laughs) So, um, Robbie's sister comes out. Linda has left a note. Uh, She's not coming. Is the gist. (laughs) (laughs) How (laughs) fucked up is this? Like... Well, Ow. Linda is a garbage human anyway. Yes, and I didn't realize till after I rewatched this who she else who else she played in Friends. Like we had more Friends people, and she was the she was the girl that Ross kissed when they were on a break, wasn't she? Is no, that's that... Chris. No, that's Christine. No, Christine no. Taylor was was Bonnie, the the one who well, cut off her all her hair. Yeah, you're yeah, right. She. She was Chloe the copy girl. Is that who that was? Yes. Hold on. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot of people from <laughs> Friends in this movie. And the the other movie we had like this was Ocean's Eleven. Because like yeah, half the cast made cameos. Julie Roberts, um, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, yeah. and then R- Ross and R- Ross and Monica's dad. Yeah, Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the wow. other guy, you know, the other wedding singer in this movie who like tries to steal Robbie's business, he's also in Friends. Oh, I love it. He plays yeah, two the, separate characters too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the second one. I just remember the chef when he when he when he tried to start his own restaurant. And he came over to Monica's high. I don't remember the second character he played. Well, there was that one, and then he went on a blind date with Rachel. Oh wow! Well, and this... he cried the whole time. <laughs> it, it says that at least six of the actors in this movie have appeared in Friends: Christine Taylor, Angela Featherstone, Alexis Arquette, Christina Pickles, John Lo- John Lovitz, and Brian Posen. So, hold on, all of them. My brain is breaking right now. You're telling me Caitlin from 200 Cigarettes is Chloe the Coffee Girl? Yes. How did it, I never make it, that connection? Short, dark hair is Chloe the Coffee Girl. Very different. Yes. <laughs> Angela Featherstone was also in another 80s, um, another 90s movie taking place in the 80s. Yeah which is um 200 cigarettes so love that journey for her i'm my brain is just not processing and i just watched that episode last night so it's even like it's fresh in my mind how good of an actress she was that we just don't because like i didn't realize when i watched this movie that she like it wasn't until we did the podcast that i realized watching this movie again that that's the same girl from 200 cigarettes because she doesn't look the same to me. Every she movie I've seen, see her, and she doesn't look the same. Wow. She doesn't. I am baffled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we're back at uh, Robbie's sister's house. At this point, he thinks they're getting back together. He just needs to talk to her. He takes the little bride off of the cake and goes outside and like sits outside and is wallowing. Um, uh, she shows up. Um, he he tells her she, she's late. 
<laughs> and then um she says i'm in love with robbie from six years ago essentially she wants to be a groupie she wants to be the wife of a performer and he is settled into this wedding singer business it seems like he's good at it i'm sure he gets paid decently enough question mark um and so uh essentially she's just like i i don't want to marry you and so kind of crushes that that one last hope that he just needs to talk to her and they'll get back together i'm super by like when i think about it just side note tangent sorry um if I ever got married, I I would not want a band. I I get so confused when people want bands. I'm like, I want to hear the original tracks mm-hmm. with the DJ, not including the bullshit I went through through my birthday. But like yeah. a DJ who's going to play the originals. I I don't know. I like I always get annoyed when it's the cup. Co- I think of it as a cover band when I see wedding bands. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like their options are so limited. Right. Like I don't think I can get the same vibes from a a wedding singer singing bringing it in for the 99 and 2000s and you know <laughs> I'm not going to really pop it like I should as <laughs> when juvenile is singing, you know? Yeah. Just just thoughts from inside my You can't brain. get all the single ladies to the floor right. like Beyonce can. Right. <laughs> I, I, de- I definitely don't want a wedding singer singing no bay. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't insult me. If I can't get Beyonce in person, put on her tracks and stream the music. <laughs> Plus, it's probably way cheaper. Yeah. Well, yeah. What about you, Jasmine? Do you have a preference? Um, so actually, I don't want a big wedding at all. So if I, <laughs> if I did do one, I'd probably do a DJ and maybe only a live band. Like if I were to like walk down the aisle and they play like something acoustic, I think that would be nice. But yeah, definitely team DJ. I think <laughs> an acoustic an acoustic version of Back That Ass Up down the aisle <laughs> is perfect. <laughs> Because like the people who know are like, oh, and then your grandparents, they don't know. Right. (laughs) So this is getting off topic. But (laughs) when I was a teacher, they have lullabies. So it's just the instrumental version of all different songs. So I made this huge playlist on Amazon of all the different lullabies. So like we'd be like sitting and grooving and it's like elevator music sounding, but it'd be like. This one's Gangster's Paradise or like <laughs> this one's Santeria. Like, and so you could sing it in your head, but the kids didn't hear the words. And oh it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend if you're a teacher, reach out to us. I still have the playlist. I'm happy to share it with you. <laughs> Telling my best friend immediately yes. after this. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then we transition to Julia yes um and she's singing 99 left balloons and glenn comes in this is when we first see her fiance glenn um he's like i finally set a date i got tickets to vegas let's go i don't want a big wedding and so she's like trying to be happy i think at this point the fact that he set a date 
she's like, okay, whatever. Like, right. Let's do it. Um, but then he said, are you going to do that girl thing and act happy, but pout on the inside? I'm like, well, you're, you know, you're disappointing her. So is that her right. fault or is that your fault, Glenn? Like if you, you know, ask, right. <laughs> if you know, it's probably the one thing she really wants. She's been waiting and she wants to have a wedding. Why, like, is it, why not give it to her? You know? And he has the money for it. It's not like, hey, like, this is going to be really expensive. This is going to, like, put us in debt, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, he's a stock trader. Like, he he has the money to pay for a decent-sized wedding. She, It didn't sound like she wanted anything extravagant or mm-hmm. crazy. You good, yeah. Daniel? Oh, that was Ken. He was closing the door. You heard that uh-huh. bang? I didn't. Uh, oh, it may not be the door. It it might have been a tree branch. No, so I, sorry. I thought I saw oh. the lights go on. Why did I okay. look like I was dazed? Yeah. Oh, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't take an edible. I promise. <laughs> the other night, she looked like a statue. I thought her screen kept freezing, but apparently, she was just in her just own like, head. Zone, zone. Yeah. <laughs> And we have, so we're in the middle of a really bad ice storm here. And so we have tree branches falling and I'm on two acres. So like we got a lot of trees. And so, yeah, (laughs) if we all of a sudden like jump or get distracted, it's probably a tree branch falling on the house. Oh my gosh. We'll try our best to not be distracted. (laughs) Um. So he does backtrack. He says, okay, let's get married here. And so it seems like she she has three months to plan the wedding. Their wedding's going to be on August 5th. Um, and then the next scene is we meet Robbie's best friend, who's, I, I think he's been like flitting in and out of scenes, but this is where it's uh, like kind of established yeah. that it's his best friend and he is the only limo driver in town, apparently. <laughs> This is where we see the hair again. Um, The brother-in-law is outside watering these flowers. And I kept thinking, this man is wasting water. Um, (laughs) um, If he just like switched the hose to see if it's real, you know? Yeah. Right. (laughs) You're so right. We should have had them spray a light. Well, we weren't there, so. Um, Yeah, Robbie is not leaving his room. He is on his black and white checkered pillows so 80s um down in the basement and his best friend's like yo we got to get you out of here and he's like it's too soon a day he's like i just need to get you laid like you don't have to marry anybody you just need to get laid um robbie's just always it's said that he wanted to be married like since Mm -hmm. like the third grade but apparently that's when their parents died so maybe that's why he wants to get married that's what his sister says at least so yeah that could be why yeah i mean trauma does make you want to put yourself in traumatic situations like marriage so (laughs) (laughs) and so his friend does say you need to go back to work and so then we get the saddest version (laughs) of holiday i have ever heard 
I quite like this. <laughs> it's just like holiday, <laughs> celebrate. Like he's just so sad. But then he starts getting angry. Love it. Because he sees the happy couple. The dad is not happy that like he paid for this wedding singer and he's bringing down the mood. Um, he threatens to strangle the dad with his microphone wire at one point. Uh, and then proceeds to sing Love Stinks. And and he like calls out people in yeah. the wedding party. Like, what would you do if you're sitting at a wedding party and the wedding singer's like, we're all not going to find love like you, Jasmine, at table six. <laughs> like, <laughs> There'd br- probably be some strong words. Speak <laughs> for yourself, sir. <laughs> And so then um, he gets punched by the the father. At one point, like they're showing this fight scene. Someone is biting the father's leg, but it seems like it's another guest. I don't know what's happening. I had to rewind it. I was like, is someone biting someone? And they were confirmed. Yeah, cops get called. Oh, yeah. Julia's like, it, it, Robbie's sitting at, or no, Robbie is in the dumpster in the dumpster dumpster. julia finds him he's like are they all gone she's like there's only a few cops and witnesses left like (laughs) the cops were called to break up the fight um she tells the just to like kind of change the subject trying to get robbie's mind off of his him wallowing she's like hey glenn and i have set a date um you have to play at our wedding um and then she invites him to the engagement party that's in two weeks question they have been engaged for two years have they not had the engagement party already they haven't been engaged they weren't engaged they were just together no they were engaged she had a ring yeah oh you're right i'll know man no glenn glenn probably just said no so like I don't know why they called it an engagement party it was just a slip up on the writings end they should have just called it a like a bridal shower or something you know because you're right or we're going out like it didn't have to be like we said a wedding day it's a we said a we said a date party yeah Yeah. there we go he finally agreed (laughs) to a date (laughs) um and so um then we see a conversation between julia and glenn and she's like hey like we need to do like wedding cake blah 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 all the things and he's like "Eh, you're you're better at that just doing she's like well i was really hoping that we would plan our wedding together and he's like nah i'm good he glenn is showing all (laughs) of the signs all of the signs and I just feel like this story resonates so much because you see so many women who fall into these kind of situations like you you look at the guy and you're like why, why? right yes. <laughs> like why do you keep putting up with this craziness this man clearly is an a-hole and does not treat you right like what the fuck is it him or someone else i think he says i'll be so wasted that day i won't even know it's his friend when they have the engagement party yeah he says that and 
But also Julia doesn't stand up for herself. No. She doesn't call out his behavior. She's just quiet all the time. Quiet. Glenn be saying crazy off off the cuff stuff and she's just quiet. Ugh. Yeah. I feel like everyone like around her kind of like makes it feel like she's so lucky to be with Glenn too. Right. Yeah. Like her her mom, even like Holly at one point was like, Oh, like you're getting married to him because of the money. Like you will be secure, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of that scene that's viral on TikTok from Waiting to Exhale where he where the mom is like, he's a good man, Savannah. He's a good <laughs> man. But he's not. He's not a he's good not. man. Um so Robbie, I think this is where does Robbie babysit his nephews? His sister goes out. She asks him if he's going to the engagement party and he's watching the kids and they call yeah, that him. might be this he they say that he is um having a mental, <laughs> breakdown. a mental breakdown don't you love kids like if you ever really want to know how your friends or your family are really talking about you when you're not around just get some kids to the side they will mm-hmm. repeat yeah. everything my three-year-old nephew for sure <laughs> And if or you... my mom. Miss <laughs> Terry can't keep a secret to save her life. <laughs> um, and then Robbie transitions to doing bar mitzvahs because he doesn't want to be in the wedding thing. So uh, scene. So we see him singing at a bar mitzvah. There's a kid um that's kind of sitting off to the side. He said that he asked a girl to dance and she rejected him and so then he he, I don't think we see the scene with him talking to Julia about it but she asked you he asks Julia to choose someone to dance with so she goes up to that kid and asks him to dance and at first it's fine like she's just being kind to this kid that's kind of awkward and stuff and then he grabs her ass, which is like, okay, he's 13, whatever. But then she grabs his ass. And that's where we get into questionable territory. I think all yeah. of it's questionable. Like, <laughs> just even a, like as the adult not saying, mm, don't do that. You know, yeah. like, it's not hard. Um, And I don't understand who is laughing at this gross and then when she does it to him I'm like I I think I said inappropriate but then here here comes um what's what's Adam Sandler's character Robbie Robbie sorry here comes Robbie he goes and picks up picks out a random girl she's not like she was like yes I would like to dance with this girl as adult and then she he he places her hands on his butt and I'm just like absolutely not what is happening and I'm like I'm glad they stopped there because if he had tried to put his hands on that little girl's butt I I just like you had enough sense to know not to do that part right mm-hmm. but why yeah. is it okay to do it to the little boy it was just like so unnecessary and I know like some people are like oh it's just a joke but these are the kind of things that you place in movies that normalize this kind of behavior for children and adults. 
that they think when it happens to them in a bad way, potentially, that it's not like a warning sign that this is not okay. Oh, the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So after this scene, we see Julia and Robbie talking and she's thanking him for recommending a florist. She, She got a really good deal and... Um, super pleased and then she's like can you please help me plan the wedding you know all the pe- all the vendors like please 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 so he finally he re- reluctantly agrees um, don't you think that's weird to like be planning your wedding with another man essentially yes he knows the deals <laughs> but like she could have also asked him to give her a list of who she should talk to yeah like why wasn't Holly helping right more? guys then it wouldn't be a movie all right sorry you're right jasmine you're right (laughs) we're 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 trying to put rationale to a rom-com and it just doesn't it doesn't work that way um so he's making deals like he like the with the wedding cake the lady's like oh this is the lowest price he's like i know for a fact you gave so-and-so a lower price and she was like well all right um And and then we see them auditioning because um, he's still on the no wedding um, singer. No vibes, weddings. Yeah. Singer. Yeah. Um, so we see John Lovitz auditioning as Jimmy Moore. Um, and then he but he's kind of an asshole about it. He's like, oh, thank you for quitting the wedding circuit. My gigs are up threefold, blah, blah, blah. Or should I thank Linda? And, um, but this is where Julia stands up for Robbie at least. And she's like, well, thank you. I'm definitely going with a DJ now and you can like GTFO. Um, and then we see her talking to Robbie a little bit and was like, what, what inspired you to become a wedding singer? And so he says, I always wanted to be a songwriter, but then like, this was the thing that paid the bills was being a wedding singer um and then, and then we get the best song in cinematic history <laughs> it really is well i mean it's a close tie for the song at the end of the movie no this one is it for me <laughs> <laughs> i love the rage. i love rage you know what it is like maybe it's because i'm a cancer the the wave of emotions that you go through in in this song it fits me sometimes i need a romantic song but also i need to say f you in the middle of it as well (laughs) it's perfection julia thought so too she she liked it and i think it's because i listened to the soundtrack so much that these songs are ingrained in my head. So I even know the order in which the the songs are coming on the soundtrack. So it's like this song hits and then I'm like, all right, I know it's this one. Do you ever ever shuffle? Sometimes if I'm feeling spicy. (laughs) Did you have both soundtracks? I didn't. I only had the first one, the first um, CD. So it's just like Peter Quill in the second uh the end of Guardians where he finds out there's another like the music lives on baby I gotta go on the <laughs> Spotify and and start living there's a whole yeah. second CD I don't know about 
Um, so at the end of the scene, uh, Robbie is crying, and then we get this really creepy, like John Lovitz, bot, like peeking around the curtain and he's like he's losing his mind and i'm reaping all the benefits and then he just like slowly backs out of <laughs> frame his for how little he was in the movie like it's so memorable his the little delivery yeah, oh, yeah it's fantastic i just it's funny that him and um the guy behind you what's his name he, oh steve buscemi. buscemi um were not credited in this movie and i yeah. just like why i think yeah. they just like working for adam and their friends so they just yeah i mean pop on adam has like his own like there's the marvel verse marvel universe but then like adam has his own sphere too then he just like collects people and just like <laughs> i'm glad across all this film <laughs> i'm glad you said that because there is there's an Adam Sandler universe um and so I in he made a tribute to his longtime college friend um and this is the movie that he first referenced said friend with the name Eric Lamensoff Lamensoff I guess um and you could see that continuing on into other movies like Click You Don't Mess with the Zohan um and Jack and Jill and I think like Josh Josh Gad's character mm-hmm. is actually named that and somebody else's um oh um Kevin James in Grown Ups maybe I think is oh, named yeah. the same thing so it's intertwined universe love the the easter eggs in the universe yes. <laughs> yes. uh so because Robbie is sad Julia takes her him out for ice cream um and then Robbie's talking about how um, Linda, I keep feeling like yeah, that's, that's, it's, that's her name. Linda, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think like for some reason, Deborah is also stuck in my head and I can't. <laughs> I, I wonder where you get that from. I don't know. <laughs> but this is um, not, this is not the first, when I think about it, it's not the first movie where he gets kind of fucked over at his wedding because it happens and just go with it as well Ooh, as yeah. well um with jennifer when, aniston yeah when he remember he like was gonna get married and then the girl was talking all sorts of crap about him and then they didn't get married and he's like i hate love it's like mm, same premise just saying <laughs> So um, he talks about how Linda wasn't the right, he guesses she just wasn't the right one. Um, And then Julia says, uh, you'll know it's the right one when you can envision yourself growing old with that person. And then Glenn is going to be such a handsome older man. She doesn't say like, "I, I want to build a future and travel with him when we're old or like, have grandkids all she talks about are i guess he'll be good looking as an old dude i mean i knew that you were the one jackie because i could see us be old together (laughs) (laughs) what'd you say (laughs) i hope hope you're still doing the podcast too yes yes (laughs) and we just keep turning the volume up more and more and more (laughs) 
I just envision we have a producer named Gladys because I just want to yell, Gladys, <laughs> turn the volume up. Well, whoever our pro- producer is, we'll just call them Gladys. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so then we see a montage of all of the wedding planning, the cake tasting, dress shopping, um, interspersed with the uh, rosy lessons, which Julia is now accompanying Robbie on. Um, and then we get the scene with uh, the the timing, the limo driving. <laughs> And she's like, I don't know why we're doing this. You know, I'm going to hire him. Not only is he your, your best friend, he's the only limo in town. And Robbie's like, I just like to mess with him. I do feel like if my cake tasting isn't like the scenes in this movie, I don't want it. I just form a train and everyone feeds everyone else it's down the so, line. It's so sweet till it's not, you know, <laughs> that last person. <laughs> Who was that? No Who one was knows. that? No clue. I okay. did she work there? Did she just wander <laughs> in? Who knows? But for, um, the lim- for the limo thing, like is yeah. Robbie compensating him for like the tires that kept falling off? Oh yeah, his rims. Whole- yeah, the rims. Yeah. I don't think so. I think Robbie's just like <laughs> this is this is going to be the best. Watch this. (laughs) I do love that his friend is so concerned about getting the job because I don't even think they told him if he had it after later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, he takes Robbie home and he's like, okay, so for real though, did I get the job? (laughs) And he's like, you, (laughs) I laugh really hard during the scene. I don't know why, but he's like, you hit cones (laughs) two cones um and i I, this scene is where julia left her um her her jacket now this denim jacket is actually from um drew barrymore's own personal like collection it's from her own personal closet and it has daisies on it which are her signature butterflies butterflies sorry Oh, yeah, she carries um, daisies later. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, Robbie goes to return the jacket. And you. this is where you can um, start to see. We've had, like, little snippets that Robbie is interested in, Julia. But then it's, like, um, his friend's, like, oh, there's a jacket left in the car. And, and Robbie was like, oh, that's Julia. She took it off on this street because she said it's no longer jacket weather. Like he he knows exactly when um, she's taking it off, everything she says. Um, so the next day he goes to return the jacket to her and she and Holly are having a discussion about an appropriate kiss for the ceremony. And Holly is like, he's your husband make out with him and and julia's like no tongue is not appropriate in church well maybe just a little church (laughs) tongue and so then holly master of bright ideas is like well i need to see what church tongue looks like kiss robbie i felt like in this scene it was it didn't make sense because Mm -hmm. And the only two ways that this would have made sense is one, if she knew that Robbie liked um, Julia, Julia, 
but and was trying to get Julia away from Glenn. Right. Mm-hmm. That's one way that it would have made sense. But also the way that they have characterized Holly as being kind of a easy going lady, if we know yeah. what I'm talking about, then it would have made more sense if she tried to make out with Robbie mm-hmm. to say, like, is this what you mean? So yeah. it was just super weird that that's how that came about or if she was kissing Robbie and Julia was like no and kissed Robbie herself and said no this is what I meant yeah yeah but I think that last one that last one would have been gold yeah ah, they should they just really should hire us you know just saying well just hire a woman to write a script with you so that you get a women's perspective carrie fisher can only do so much you're right (laughs) she she did the she did she did the lord's work a hundred percent uh so then glenn walks in robbie turns to him is like i kissed her but it didn't mean anything and then just walks out he's like i brought the jacket bye (laughs) (laughs) but glenn doesn't even care like uh, like Holly says something like, oh, he he met me or something like that. But Glenn's like, look at my CD player because Glenn's just all about showing off his his money and what he can afford and the newest, latest, greatest. But Glenn is also, Glenn is so self-centered and material things lead, lead his decisions. So he just doesn't even look at Robbie as competition in any yeah. way. Mm-mm. and like, he knows that robbie likes julia because he admits it like yeah a little bit later so it's not like yeah. he's oblivious to that he's just like nah it'll never happen right yeah common trope either the in rom-coms when there's like another boyfriend either he is absolutely a douchebag or mm-hmm. he's super sweet but just like isn't the right fit like almost like um you could run over him pretty much Mm -hmm. he he's a doormat so there's never an really a lot of in-betweens there's a few but not a lot yeah so but holly feels something when she watches julia and robbie kiss and she wants more of what she was feeling so she's like i think i'm gonna go out with robbie not like like she has just decided there's no I'm gonna ask Robbie out none of that she's just like I'm gonna go out with Robbie she might as well have said um we're gonna bone and again that (laughs) third option would have made this decision make sense again if Mm -hmm. she had kissed Robbie first and then Julia came in afterwards then it would have made sense but yeah again not not too bright and should so now, she know her cousin well enough to be able to say, like, I've been watching you with him. It's yes. I see you. So the the character of Holly is a lot like how Adam Sandler female characters are typically written. True. Just very 2D, mm-hmm. no substance to them. You know, either they're they're super uptight and no fun or they're completely um, promiscuous yeah so all the all the work went into julia's character and that was it (laughs) yeah at least it it went somewhere here yeah it's true it's It's it's, more than what we were getting before (laughs) yeah so sad yeah 
so they we see them on a double date julia is uh, like taking shots they're at the Sorry. club gotta love they the club. are at the club uh there's lots of break dancing like cut scenes the way that they did this movie about the 80s is how we look at that 90s show when they're yeah. trying to do the 90s that's how it hits now like that I didn't understand it in the time that this movie came out how cringe it probably was to people who were actually in the 80s but now I get it because they just take like the best parts or what the like the most nostalgic parts and they shove them all in one right. vehicle and it's like that's not <laughs> that's how, not how this was. works <laughs> yeah have you seen um that 90s show yet uh no I have not. Is it worth it? It was, it was. We like laughed a, out loud a yeah. lot. Okay. Like mm-hmm. the acting is not great. All I mean, Kitty and Red, you could just On have point. a show with them and it would be fantastic. The kids are just like, it's very, it feels very sitcom-y for me. Like, but like there were a lot of times we laughed out loud. I actually was cool. bothered by the laugh track in, in this one. Like, I kind of feel like they could have taken it out. And I think if the kids have a little bit more time with each other, I think a second season, they, I think they would gel a little bit better. Yeah. So it's not settle into their characters more. Yeah. It's not the worst, but I, I also question if the writers really have like a roadmap of where they're going, Mm -hmm. because if they do, then it's going to build up to something that would be great Mm -hmm. if not it's it could be a train wreck (laughs) if they continue (laughs) i'll I'll check it out so um we see uh and robbie sees actually glenn is checking out the waitress's ass as the waitress walks by he says something about like grade a piece of meat while julia is puking in the in the bathroom uh with holly and, and like Glenn's not even concerned. He's like, oh, she just has to yak and she'll feel better or like whatever. He He's just, he is all about himself and he's just very narcissistic and egocentric. And Robbie sees everything Glenn is doing and like that he's just not a good dude. And then um, he finds out that Glenn's last name is Gulia. And so, <laughs> and he's like, so she she's gonna be julia gulia like and and glenn's like yeah what's like what's what's the problem like we all know what the problem is (laughs) even glenn gulia is weird yeah um and so then robbie's trying to i think reassure himself mentally that Julia is in a good situation. So he's like, oh, are you excited about the wedding? And Glenn's response is just, um, she's paid her dues. She's been with me for four years. And I, I, she was with me before I made my money. So I know she's not just in it for money. Um, but then they get into this conversation about how Glenn has gotten hotter chicks than the waitress and um, he boned someone last week and Julia will never know. Oh, and then Robbie says something about, um, well, after the wedding, like that will stop, right? 
and and Glenn's just like, no, I work in the city. I work long hours. Like she'll never know. So just garbage. <laughs> but like, would you would you tell Julia right away, Hell or would you yeah. would you keep it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a hard. It's like a hard situation because obviously he has feelings for her so you you do have to be careful because you don't know what place that person is person is in mentally you know as much as julia has taken from glenn at this point it, i question if she didn't really admit to no. her feelings yeah. or know robbie's feelings if she would have finally been brave enough to leave Glenn I'm sure she knows we have women in intuition I was going to say institution we have women intuition <laughs> um Jasmine do you know the the next part do you want to outline some of it next um this is when they take oh. her out of the club yeah um oh. so is he is he holding Holly or is he well Holly Holly's yeah. with her with them and then um he's holding Julia to get into DeLorean. Yeah. So sorry, I'm not good at outlining. I'm oh no, it's okay. Cut, I, right? I mean... <laughs> um, yeah. And then we see Julia and Holly come back, I, I believe from the bathroom and obviously Julia is not in a good state. I know I'm sure some of us have been there before. Um, <laughs> they, they head out and I feel like, Julia's hanging on to to Robbie at this point until good old Glenn can get his fancy car and Robbie can get her get her in there. Obviously, you see that like longing stare too. Like, why am I why am I putting Julia in this car with Glenn? You know, after everything that he just uncovered about Glenn, but then then the door shuts and then we I think then then immediately like pans over to Julia. I mean Holly and and Robbie. Mm -hmm. um, talking in front of the house right and holly being herself you know just pulls her move on robbie and i forgot what he said um <laughs> but he just like nah yeah he, I think shot, though. he i think he asked like because she says that julia's gonna stay at glenn's i think this is when he's like well how often yeah, does she, she go over there yeah yeah which seems like a i don't know i guess for like the 80s but like i feel like if they're in like a long-term relationship, two years engaged, I feel like having sleepovers is probably more of the more of the norm. So that question, I was just like, well, they probably he probably has been there quite a bit. I was surprised they weren't living together. Yeah, that too. He had way too and many, too much. But freedom. he needs to, yeah, yeah, he needs to sneak around. So he needed that much space. And then uh, Robbie asks Holly about Glenn, and she's like, "Well, yeah, like." essentially Glenn can provide for her and take care of her and give her stability. And so like it, it, in Holly's perspective, it's all drilled down to Glenn makes a lot of money and, yeah. and Julia will be taken care of. And, and this is when it clicks for Holly as well, that he is not interested in her and that he's actually interested in Julia. Um, so the next scene we see Julia in the morning waking mm -hmm. up from her hangover and so uh, yes yeah, so we see julia waking up from or she's downstairs um holly is making her breakfast and they're talking about um 
they're just talking and then holly brings up that robbie doesn't think much of glenn which i don't think he really said that he may have alluded to it but i think she just picked up on it like the fact that he's questioning him yeah. yeah um and she tells him that robbie asked like why is julia marrying glenn and holly tells her that she responded because of money and security and um julie responds that's not why i'm marrying him and holly's like well then why are you marrying him (laughs) and so then that gets julia thinking like why am i marrying this douchebag (laughs) yeah the Um, fact that she doesn't even know is like a big red flag yeah, so she goes to talk to Robbie, who is supposed to be giving Rosie lessons. She shows up, and um, Rosie's like, no, he he quit. He's going to the city to try and get a real job. And then we see Robbie at a bank trying to get a job, and he's like, I like money. <laughs> I have some. I'd like more. <laughs> I'm. It, it's, it can't even be taken seriously as a real job interview yeah. at all. Especially the ending. And he's like, you don't even have to give me the real job. Just give me give me a business card. I'm trying to impress a girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do not remember, like out of all the scenes, that that scene I did not remember seeing before when I first saw this movie. Um, And then he runs into uh, Julia and they get into an argument because um, she's like, why are you going to get a job like Rosie needs you you're a wedding singer like do what like you're passionate about because she has seen him perform at weddings and how good he is um at it and uh she tells him to not be a yuppie idiot and that he's above all that material bullshit and then he calls her on marrying Glenn because he has money um and so then that pisses her off because obviously that's not the reason she doesn't know what the reason is, but that's not the reason. <laughs> um, and she throws paper at him because she's like, I, I I, made, she tells Rosie, I, I have a gift for him. So she throws her gift at him and it's all um, sheet music with his name, like in calligraphy on, on the top. Like she had made this, this gift for him so he could get back into songwriting based on their conversation earlier. Um, so now he feels bad. He goes and talks with his best friend at a bar. And uh, you're my boy, Blue, is another patron <laughs> that just seems to always be at the bar. I was, when we were watching this, I was like, oh my God, is that our boy, Blue, from old school? <laughs> and Jackie's husband was like, yes, that is. <laughs> um. And, and Robbie finally admits he thinks he's in love with her, and, but he's like, and I need to get that in my head. She's marrying Glenn. Like, I just need to forget about that. Um, And he's like, I want to be more like you to his best friend. And his best friend's like, I'm not happy. Like, I wanted to be the Fonz, and, <laughs> but I realized, like, 
no one wants to be the Fonz when they're 50. Like I'd like to settle down and find someone. Yeah. He said, no, the reason that the show, their shows got canceled was because no one wants to watch a bunch of 50 year olds hit on women. And it's very true. You need to go sit your ass down somewhere and stop playing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, And then we get a scene with Julia talking to her mom. She's very upset. She asks her mom if she likes Glenn and her mom has the same kind of response like, well, he'll take care of you. (laughs) And um, Julia's like, I just, I don't know if he's right for me. Um, And then her mom's like, are you thinking of leaving Glenn for the (laughs) wedding singer? (laughs) But I think if you think about it in that time frame of the 80s, it wasn't such an unreasonable thing for the focus of marrying somebody to be more heavily on the security aspect because right. you know it's it wasn't much you know previously before when women could actually have a credit card or have the ability mm-hmm. to like take care of themselves have so a they, mortgage in their name right yeah. there's a lot of reliance on needing that partner so yes he may have been a douchebag but financially he was good and that's all her mother really probably pushed for so yeah that's so sad it is later later that night julia's up in her room um she's in her wedding dress and she's practicing introducing herself as julia gulia (laughs) and and she just starts crying because it's ridiculous (laughs) and glenn's an asshole um so she starts practicing her name as uh, Rob- Robbie Robbie's last name I Robbie Hart yes and then it like it lifts her spirits and makes her happy and so Robbie is walking to her house to apologize and confess that he is in love with her but then he sees her really happy up in her room and thinks it's because she's thinking about marrying Glenn the next day and so he he just leaves um or I guess it's a few days before because then we see Glenn in the bar mm-hmm. um, for his bachelor party and he has women hanging all over him and he's just being a chauvinist pig. Well, it's supposed to be the Friday before their wedding. So I'm guessing their wedding might be Sunday, Sunday maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because then the next day they go to vegas it's not supposed to be until the next day yeah and robbie calls him on it robbie's had enough he's like stop all this cheating man like she's a good woman like what the hell are you doing and glenn says i'm a real man not some singing orphan which is just a gut punch knowing that robbie lost his parents when he was still a child like it was just why are bullies so good at comebacks <laughs> that sting? Uh, and then <laughs> um, Robbie is momentarily distracted, and that's when Glenn sucker punches him. Well, that's because our boy Blue yeah, fucked it, like it up. Could... <laughs> <laughs> he, he, like, took a swing, and it was, like, not doing anything. And because they were, that's what Robbie was distracted by, and then that's when Glenn punched him out. Um, but there's not much of a fight. He just punches him and then leaves. So yeah. Yeah. he's got and so, he's got ladies to go to. Yes. yes. Oof. 
so gross. So Robbie kind of stumbles home. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was concussed. Um, and so he has like a bloody nose. He shows up and Linda is at his house or his sister's house. And he just wants to go to the basement and pass out. And she's like, I I've made a mistake. Um, I, I want you to take me back. And, um, she misses him. And then Robbie just passes out on the lawn. And so the next morning, Julia shows up to apologize to Robbie because she's now realizing like she's in love with him. She was going to tell him him that she's in love with him. And then Linda answers in her, her underwear and, um, Robbie's Van Halen shirt, which he, uh, gets onto her about trying to find the, um, because, (laughs) I think oh, at the um, he he's he says get out of my van halen t-shirt before you jinx the band and they break up david lee roth left van halen in 1985 which is the year that the movie is set in so uh it was all linda's fault that that van halen <laughs> broke up oh, <laughs> <Linda>. <laughs> and so julia uh, julia just assumes and, and linda doesn't let on that like nothing happened she's just like oh he's in the shower he was indisposed and so julia's like okay i guess like he made his choice and so she goes to glenn and so uh, and asks him can we still just elope in vegas so they head to the airport um robbie wakes up sees linda there and he's like what the hell are you doing in my room why are you here i don't want you we're never getting back to get together um and then oh and then later that day it's rosie's 50th anniversary (laughs) and so she's performing and everyone's having a great time and um and, and then robbie is just like i can't i can't do this i have to go find julia um his his best friend's like, okay, I'll go get the car. Like, I know you need to go get her. Ro- he goes to apologize to Rosie that she- he needs to leave. She's like, you go get you her. <laughs> <laughs> One of their supporters. <laughs> and then um, Holly, uh, he runs into Holly. Well, and... she comes to find him to say yes. like, to Your tell him. Linda? Right, yeah, because he doesn't know that Linda saw Julia, so she tells him that they're at the airport. So they all go to the airport to try to catch her. But he's thinking not that he can catch her at the airport. He's thinking he mm-hmm. can catch her in Vegas, even though they have no idea. He has no idea. Which chapel? Where? Yeah. 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 And uh, on the way, he asks for a pen because he has an idea for a song. So while they're driving, he's writing a song. Um, He gets on the, uh, the only ticket left to vegas is first class so he makes his best friend pay for it <laughs> and like his friend's like you're gonna pay me back right it's on my credit card he's like mm, no no <laughs> and so he gets on he um he ends up telling the entire first class cabin this whole story they're so engaged billy idol happens to be a passenger mm-hmm. um and so they're all like, yeah, you need to go get her. Let's do this. And then um, one of the stewardesses who Danielle pointed out as we were watching it is Shanna Mochler, Travis Barker's ex-wife. 
um she comes in as like oh this this jerk in in um coach coach approached me about joining the mile high club and called me a great a piece of meat and robbie's like wait a minute like i've heard that before (laughs) would you say jasmine Okay. I was like, it, it, it like clicked for him. But also, yes. I was I was shocked that Glenn and Julia are not in first class. Yeah, like, yeah, that was weird. I I because when I when the scene was coming up, I was like, I feel like he's in coach, and they're back there. But yeah, that was weird that they weren't in first class again. Yeah, doing if Glenn was by are... himself, he yeah. would have been in first class, and. Um, early on in the movie, Robbie mentioned how um, him and Linda were flying to go to the Grand Canyon. She had been before he had never been, and he asked to have the window seat so he could see the Grand Canyon, and she refused. So Julia's sitting next to Glenn. She's in the <laughs> middle seat. He's next to the window. And she asked him, like, can we switch seats so I can see, like, us flying over the Vegas Strip? He's like, well, I'll just let you lean over me when it's time. How rude. <sighs> so rude. Um, so uh, Billy so that, Idol. Yeah. Go ahead, Danielle. <laughs> oh, well, they make a plan that he is going to get Julia um, back. At this point, Glenn is passed out and Billy Idol then gets over the intercom and says that there's a member of the first class um, passengers who has a song for about how he feels about one of the members in coach that was inspired by one of the members in coach. And so Robbie starts to sing the song. Of course, Julia automatically knows it's his voice and she is like so happy and crying and um, Jackie, <laughs> she mentioned while we were watching that Drew Barrymore asked to not hear any of the songs before they started to do the movie. She wanted to hear the songs in real time. And so her crying in the scene and just being like so emotional. Authentic. Yes. Yeah. Which is but really do we sweet. think which how many takes do we think it took? Do we think this is like the first first reaction? I kind of, I, I, I kind of feel like it. It felt so real yeah. that it might have been the first. Um, I would take. hope that it is. Yeah. Um. Uh, and oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um. And so Robbie, you is revealed. He comes out playing the guitar. Glenn then wakes up and realizes that um he's trying to steal his girl. So he gets up and tries to go after him, but. <laughs> one of the um flight attendants stops him with the car so he goes across the other side and then billy idol's about to get it on but his fans just happen to be sitting there and they're they push glenn all the way back and they push him into the bathroom so then we get a nice beautiful kiss from julia and um robbie and then we see them at their wedding yeah what happened to glenn right did he stay there the whole time? Glenn, when, questions. Glenn he lives in the in, in the in the bathroom, bathroom now. <laughs> Glenn went, landed in Vegas, went on a cocaine spree, got <laughs> got pulled over for prostitution, and lost his good job, and now lives in Encino with his grandma. I love that. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, so we see Julia and Robbie's wedding. Steve Buscemi's character is the wedding singer at their wedding. And, <laughs> and then, of course, we end on a freeze frame. Gotta and bring that is, back. Right? And that is the wedding singer. Yay! Yay! Oh man. So from a rom-com perspective, how do you feel like, well, are there like a ton of tropes in this movie that you feel like it fits? I never really thought of this as a traditional rom-com at first um, because- Why is that? I don't know. I've just always, I look at Adam Sandler movies as a whole kind of like separate. So I was like, oh, it is a rom-com. I don't know what I, I I don't know what I was first rom-com. And and the first of three with Drew. Um, But this is not my favorite with Drew. I feel like it's 50 first dates. Yeah. (laughs) 100%. I would say 50 first dates, then wedding singer, and then um, blended, blended would be last. Yeah, well, I think when yeah. Jackie and I did our first Adam Sandler movie, we ranked them. And mm-hmm. I I'm think sure I find that I think I had Wedding Singer higher, but now that I've rewatched it, I I think I like Fifty First Dates better. Yeah, I think so too. Again, because they conned uh, me with the eighties music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've been you've been tricked. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So Drew Barrymore uh, approached Adam Sandler about working together on a film, saying they were cinematic soulmates before they even worked together. Not wrong. Like, had they met before? Like, I don't the know. They, this? I don't know if they met, but and I think it, she was hesitant to tell him that at first. Like, it took her. Like, she was a little nervous that he would think she was kind of crazy for saying that to him. But I feel like maybe they met before they, you know, seen each other before. Do you think Adam Sandler is the best counterpart for a Drew Barrymore rom-com or how does it rank against like Hugh Grant, Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, etc. I think she did really well with Jimmy Fallon, but I I just there's just something and, and I think it's because of their friendship outside of this that they just naturally seem really calm and sweet with each other. He seems very mm-hmm. sweet with her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Jackie? Yeah, I do really enjoy her and Jimmy Fallon. I think it it's a tie between Adam Sandler and Jimmy Fallon for Drew. What yeah. about what okay. do you what do you think? I I would say the same thing. I feel like slightly biased because of Fever Pitch, but yeah. I <laughs> love the Drew and and Adam combo. But yeah. Hugh Hugh Grant is probably definitely <laughs> below. Yeah, Hugh Grant and Drew like music and lyrics is not my favorite out of them mm-hmm. i do love pop Go yeah, I, was like, it, 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 I was like yeah. it is a bop but i don't yeah. i don't necessarily see the chemistry between them yeah. but Didn't i think see... it's a fun movie yes a hundred percent um i've seen him have better chemistry with other people so i, I mm-hmm. just like it's not a contender um yeah Mm-mm. i'm trying to think of who else she's been in movies with um I think she had really great chemistry with Michael Vartan in um, Never Get Been Kissed, even yeah. though that movie is cringe now that I rewatch it. Um, yeah. When is like the last movie she was in? I feel like it's been. She did that movie where there was like a double of her. Like she had a body double or something. 
it was weird i didn't watch it and then she santa clara diet was probably the last thing she's been in which was a tv show and now she has her tv show yeah yeah um let's see i had so i ranked wedding singer number nine out of 13 for adam sandler movies in our time period (laughs) and then sorry i'm having to scrub through the video oh and then danielle had it as number one (laughs) yeah i'm telling you that was under this like yeah my 2k danielle was about this movie um 100 percent. but now rewatching it i'm like "Mm." it's still again i'm less mad than i was when i saw we did have uh billy madison Mm -hmm. um but still like mm. Eh. We'll see. Yeah. sometimes i feel that way with like you've got mail i i love it but then i think about the actual plot and the characters i'm just like <laughs> really yeah then there's some movies that i just don't give a damn we did bridget yeah. jones's diary and i might have had some very strong opinions about i don't give <laughs> for, a shit for all of them yeah i i very i just i it's it, the trilogy lives in, the, in my heart okay Another soundtrack that got me by a chokehold is that third movie. What other fun facts? So I'm confused by this. So online it says that Natalie Portman, Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Garner, Molly Ringwald, Julia Roberts, Diane Lane, Christina Ricci, Christina Moore, Justine Bateman, Christina Applegate, Cameron Diaz, Elizabeth Hurley, Sarah Jessica Parker, Lori Laughlin, Heather Graham, Brooke Shields, Katie Holmes, Nicole Kidman, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jennifer Beals, Lauren Graham, and Pamela Pamela Anderson were all considered for the role of Julia. But from some of the other things that I read, when Drew said that she thought that they should be in a movie together, I thought that they kind of wrote this movie kind of with her in mind. But I'm wondering if maybe that just like when they aligned, this was just the movie that was already in the process. And they they she they gave her the script because that is a long list of people to be considered. Yeah. And yeah. like, what is the definition of considered? Right. Like name was thrown out or like <laughs> there was a blackboard with everybody's <laughs> name on it. <laughs> who's not who's not on that list that i think that's the better question um also the so the future queens of the stone age musician michael sherman was one of the he was the bar mitzvah boy in one of the scenes interesting um julia carried a bouquet of daisies in her wedding to robbie drew barrymore's favorite flowers in real life are daisies which makes sense because her production company is called Flower Productions. So and and her be- and her beauty company, right, 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 right. Um, and her like whole look of her show is yellow. So yes. mm-hmm. okay, Drew. When you like something, <laughs> you like something. Um, she has an aesthetic. <laughs> she does. Um, Hurley, the writer was aware that Sandler's previous films had lacked a female perspective like we talked about and emphasized the importance of Barrymore. He explained that she was so great in her scenes 
that test audiences did not complain about Sandler not being in every scene as they had done for his previous films. And as a result, more of her scenes survived and were included in the final film. You want to know what was not included. Right, true. Also because it's Drew Barrymore. Yeah, you get some some power just with that name. Right, like I don't, if you think about his other movies, I don't think he had another, like a female lead that was on par, no offense to the women in his other movies, mm-hmm. but they were no Drew Barrymore, you know, it's like true. from a name perspective and just recognition. Um, So. All right, well. Before we get into our ratings, Jasmine, thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social? Yeah, you can find me on TikTok at, at JustMeJazz or Instagram at JustMeJazz underscore. <laughs> and if you guys have any feedback for this episode, questions, just want to give us a shout out. Don't forget to hit us up at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And Jasmine, I'm going to start with you. What is your present day rating for this movie? I think it would stay the same at the five day rental. Like I, I would watch it again. Jackie, I'm sticking with my two day rental. At least it didn't go to same day. Yeah, I am going to stay with mine as well. Five day rental. Um, as Jackie said. I don't know why, but I, a girl was laughing out loud. She that just that was, she was. honestly that's all I need sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I um I just I love the 80s. I love the songs. And I just very much loved how organic and natural it felt for these two characters. It didn't feel forced and naturally you started to fall in love with them as they fell in love with each other. And I I, I really like that. Um, and the side characters were fun. It just, it's a fun movie. Also, I really enjoy the colors of the movie. Like those bright pinks and purples and even behind Jackie, the blues. Like we don't see, again, we don't see these colors anymore in movies. And it makes me so sad. It just watching it gives me, a boost you know yeah the bread the brightest movie I feel like I I watched is like down with love yes Yes. so bright (laughs) we're doing that this season and it's going to be interesting to see (laughs) I haven't watched it in so long (laughs) I just rewatched it last month oh really I I So if you have an opinion about The Wedding Singer, you want to tell me why I'm wrong for not enjoying this movie, hit us <laughs> up at our quick job, 909-601-NMLF, 909-601-6653. You can twat us at the Twitters or leave a voicemail on our Anchor FM account, and you can be featured on a future episode. And join us next week as we cover our favorite Freddie Prince Jr. movie, Head Over Heels. And as always, be kind and rewind. <laughs>